Hello and welcome to Super Women, a podcast designed to help you manage your money and to end the gender gap that's sadly forcing so many women into poverty when they retire. Today is brought to you by the Really Simple Money team and MLC. Joining me is our content editor, Ms. Bernadette Chua. Hi, Bern. Hey, Rosie. Our campaign director, Peter Lynch. G'day, Peter. Hello there. And our resident money expert, Ms. Genevieve Frost. Hey, Jen. Hi, Rosie. Thanks for having me. Such a delight. And for those who are wondering, I'm Rosie Jacobs. I'm your host and campaign coordinator. Now, while Australia's super system is something, let's face it, it's something to be quite proud of, but the gender gap between men and women in retirement savings is certainly still a long way from where we want it to be. Okay, putting this bluntly, did you know one third of Australian women, one third end up with no super at all? And women over the age of 55 are the fastest growing group of homeless that's so terrifying, That's Rosie. Terrible. Now, we want to help young women take action to avoid the same fate. We'll be suggesting how you can improve your superposition and using experts from MLC. And we'll be campaigning to persuade the government and employers that women deserve better. We've called these podcasts Super Women because that's just what many Australian women are. They juggle kids, home economics, careers and earning money and then end up with less than men. How can we change it? A good start is paying super savings during maternity leave so new mums don't end up with a huge gap in their retirement savings when they reach 55. And I've got a personal interest in seeing this happen for sure. You're 21 though, so you've got ages to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in my heart and soul, Burn. <laughs> yes, but I certainly can relate to a lot of uh, a lot of what's going on for a majority of women out there. So let's really hope we can get the message across. Now, Jen, Genevieve Frost, a legend in my book, you'll be joining us each week with some great tips and tricks, and you're going to help most of us to manage our money better. It's pretty exciting. What have you got for us this week, Jen? Oh, I'm so excited to speak to you. And obviously this is something that is so incredibly near and dear to my heart. As you said, Rosie, this is me. This is my life. I am, maybe I won't mention my age. I'm a, a, a <laughs> mum to two. Uh, go, oh, go on. I'm in my 30s. It starts with a three and, and I've got two beautiful little girls and I have had career gaps. And I know when I look at my super balance next to, for example, my husband's, it doesn't necessarily paint the picture that I want it to. And I've worked a career in finance. And I know the right decisions to make, but still there's gaps. And, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly excited to speak to your audience, hopefully to give some really usable tips and tricks so that we can actually take the right steps to sort of getting ourselves on track this year. Yeah, Jen, look, you couldn't have highlighted that better. If a woman in your position with the financial background, right. if, if it's not working for you, then who out there is actually getting the most out of our Australian system. It is nuts and it does need to change. So let's, before we head on through, Peter, I've just had news through the Coconut Radio here. There's apparently some hot news straight off the press. I want you to tell us what's going on at your end. Yeah, so we'll be giving you campaign news and updates every time we podcast. And we're running a sensational uh, survey of our readers. Uh, at the moment, we have 65,000 readers on 
really simple money. And they have responded magnificently. The first 500 verdicts are in. And would you believe, drum roll and trumpet flare here, 87% back the idea that women should get special treatment on their super. We'll also mention, by the way, that uh, ask what their biggest financial decision in the next year is. They want to make more money. So no pressure there, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? And I think it's a massive one. We're going to address this in future episodes. You know, how do we make more money and what do we do with that money that we've got? That's that's what everyone wants to know. Well, my plan is Powerball, I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) And you just get the money on the head because... That's putting it right. Just by earning more doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be better off. Absolutely. I know that I spend as much as I earn. So, you know, how do we change that around as well? I want to know everything you've got to share with us and we'll be getting all of those answers over this week and in the coming weeks. So for anyone who's listening and nodding your head, as I can see, we all are right now. Did you know that you can actually ask Jen some of your questions directly? This is really cool. So we're interactive. You can ask your questions online via reallysimplemoney.com.au. Let us know what's worrying you, what you desperately need advice on, and we're going to address all of your questions as we go through the podcast. And the first one's just arrived from Mr. Warren Buffett. Hey, Jen, what is this (laughs) thing called Bitcoin? (laughs) God, Peter, do you want to get right in there? Let's start with cryptocurrency. Give me a whole episode so we can chat crypto. I'm in it. (laughs) Just ask, answer Warren, that's what I say. That's for another week. But first, guys, I'm really, I'm really stoked, actually. Our top guest for today is a very special lady indeed. Glenn Marie Frost. Now, Glenn Marie, if you haven't heard of her at home, Glenn Marie is one woman who personally knows what can happen if you don't get your super sorted. She was a national figure running the public relations for the Sydney Olympics back in 2000, living in a ritzy Sydney suburb, Bellevue Hill, no no doubt, a beautiful mansion. Today, she lives a very different story, living in Woolloomooloo in public housing. And Glamoury now works as a very happy marriage celebrant. What a beautiful role, but a big difference. In between, Glamoury has couch surfed, she's lived with friends, and she's even slept in her car, the Toyota Echo, disguised with a black cap just in case she was recognised. Glamoury is backing our campaign to help women understand their super so they don't have to endure what she has gone through. Like so many women today are still going through, women over 55 who are now the fastest growing homeless cohort in Australia. Glamoury, welcome to our podcast. And may I say once again, I am personally greatly delighted to have you with us today. For me, you've really shown so much courage and strength in telling your story so that other women can learn from this and we can get our super sorted. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rose. It's lovely to be with you. Your story is one that really we don't hear every day. How is it, if you don't mind recapping for us, how is it that that you can go from feeling in essence like you had everything sorted, you thought that the rest of your retirement was looking set and everyone in your world thought that that was the case, but but realistically it was far from the truth. Can you talk us through that? Well, I think I thought I was invincible, number one, and I still do, which is why I'm still standing. But mm-hmm. uh, the other thing is that I 
you just don't believe that life can change overnight because I'm really good at reinventing. Um, I always, I seem to reinvent every five years, to be honest. Mm. And after the Olympics, I decided to, I wanted to be a full-time mother for a year because I hadn't seen my son. So I became a fixture at the school and I guess I you know, got the war cry mums at the, at the basketball matches and sent the team to Canada. Did all those things for a year, which gave me great personal joy. And then... I thought by that time I lost a lot of opportunities of some of the really high-powered jobs that were offered to me post-Olympics, but it didn't worry me because I did what I felt I should do as a mum and wanted to do. But the, other, the thing is that I was riding high in the wave. Suddenly I felt my, my, my knee was going really badly to the point that it was, I was in agony. I couldn't sit in the back of a car. I couldn't catch a plane. And when I wasn't travelling into state, I knew it wasn't fair to my clients, and so I decided to resign my accounts. Once you resign your accounts, you have no income. No income, that means eventually you can't pay your rent. Mm. I used my super. The only super I ever had was during the Olympics because I'm of the age group where we didn't ever get offered super. And that's why now at 72 years of age, I can say that there are a whole lot of women out there like me. And a lot, not all of them, but quite a few are homeless and they've got no chance of getting another job. But they're all capable of working and they want to contribute to society. So in the end, when I realised that was happening to me, I was just, first of all, I think I was in denial. Then I had to wake up one morning and just face the fact that I really was homeless because I couldn't pay that month's rent. Mm. I didn't want to take handouts from friends. I'm blessed with friendships, so blessed. Uh, but a friend said, come and stay with me for uh, my place. I went over to Alara and stayed with her. And uh, I looked up on somebody else's house first for about a month. And then I went to stay with my friend in Alara. I had a black cat, Tigger, yeah. who cut me anywhere, but my companion. And uh, he he was extraordinary. Unlike any other cat, he was a human and he, he just fitted in anywhere I went. And that's why I slept in that car for a couple of days because I did not have it in me to pick up the phone to anyone. I was around the corner from Kerry-Anne, across the road from Jenny and right outside Helen Coonan's house. Oh, my goodness. And the reason I was there is that Tigger knew Helen's house. We'd been staying there for nine months. He knew the area. And I thought no one's going to attack me in the middle of, you know, upscale Wallara. Yeah. And so I, I decided I needed the therapy, my own counselling. And that's why I did it. I went down to the surf club at Bondan Shard in the morning mm. and acted to in front of anybody else who asked. My son never knew. No one knew. And I thought, no, I'm going to try it for one more night. It was only because my knee was killing me and a few other things. That I, age, okay, but mm. bones that made me realise I had to go somewhere from the third night, which I did. But during that time, I sat there in the dark of the car, it gave me a chance to really reflect. And I realised that we women make silly mistakes along the way. I had a long relationship for a long time in my 20s and early 30s. And at the end of it, I was offered the house and, and I said, no, I wanted to walk away with my dignity, you know, shoulders back, no, no, no. And off I went. In my marriage, I don't know, we just seemed to have everything and then nothing because I realised that Bob really had major financial issues. Mm. Um, we went to renting and then I could see and 
I, well, I just knew what was going to happen there. So when it came to the end of our marriage, I didn't ask for anything because he's 15 years older than I am, and I didn't think that was fair, particularly when if he, whatever he had, he would have spoiled me and our son and he would have given us everything. So I walked away from that with nothing except some furniture and bits and pieces. We sold all the paintings. So I didn't have any collateral, any, anything to fall back on, nothing. Wow. And even my Olympic salary, you know, that went towards paying the rent and school fees because at that stage that Bob was going through hardship. And, uh, you know, Scott's school fees aren't cheap and the rent was $1,500 a week back in 1998. Oh, my goodness. And that's a lot of money. Yeah, indeed. And uh, so I virtually came out of that with nothing, just enough, I think, for us to have a holiday, a brief holiday. But, you know, the thing is that my charity, or our charity, the Equanimity Project, which is looking after homeless women and trying to prevent homelessness in Australia, um, I've realised that there's a common chord between so many of these women where they had not protected themselves for their retirement, they had not, well, a lot of them didn't think they were going to be retired. Quite a few of them, this is prevalent, quite a few of them where the husbands turned around to them in their 60s and said, you know, I want a divorce, yep. split everything up, but there's nothing that has split up because they'd moved the money sideways. Yes. And yet the woman had probably gone in owning her own flat at that time and lots of other things. Mm. And But that that was a common core between so many of them that there was nothing there for us to split up. Now, I'm oh, oh, sorry, I, I, let me just go back a bit. The thing is that when I said no to that house, the first house offered to me, and I didn't have, and I went left my marriage with nothing because I, I just felt much more comfortable too. Yes. Women do this all the time. Now, if I had accepted that house the first time, when Bob ran into financial difficulties, I probably would have given it to him mm-hmm. and he would have lost it too. Mm. And that's what women do. Women actually do jump in. I know my mother did the same thing, for God's sake. You know, in her second marriage, she did exactly the same. And, you know, it's not because she'd have forgotten about it, but the thing is we do that. We do that sort of thing. We actually very, do uh, jump in. Would you say we're very self-sacrificing when it comes always. to finances? Yeah. yeah. Always. But this is why we've got to talk to girls when they're teenagers, 30s too old. Mm. We've got to talk to them then so they know that, and I understand it's like to sit down with the man you're going to marry and say, look, I'm coming in with this and this and I really want to keep it as mine so if I ever need it later in life or, um, or for ill health or something like that, but I want to know it's there. And it's if they have a conversation this, to have, but it, but it is a tough, tough conversation. Yeah. I find it really tough. It's like having a prenup really on the table. But, it, but think it about it. Just think about it. I would have offered my husband that house. And I have lost it. Now, this is what we do. And, and it's, it's, it's a common chord between so many of them. And you know, I, I just think we ha- there has to be a way we speak to women in high school, young girls are then about, about financial education. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to that next stage about, you know, I can understand, look, I really feel for how they've been brought up and how they would see it because mm-hmm. I'm old school. Um, and I, I never asked my husband. I can't believe it. I consider myself to be a highly intelligent woman. I never asked about our financial situation because yeah. he always used to appease me. And it's my fault, my fault. I should have just kept, as you said, kept asking the question, asking the question, because I'm not, I didn't need to be spoiled the way he spoke me. I didn't need all that. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm a very grounded person. I would much rather 
have had you know some form of security, but yeah. knowing our son was okay and things like that, then to have um, you know to be paying fifteen hundred dollars a week rent. So, what would be your number one tip if you are talking to teenagers today? You know about being empowered with our finances. You've said start that conversation, bring it out into the open. What's I think maybe Rosie, what I've just discussed with you is probably a bit further down the track. Maybe it's in a couple of years after they've done their financial education. Mm -hmm. But I think what we have to do is impress upon them that whatever you earn, you don't have to spend. You and I aren't into designer handbags. Mm -hmm. I can tell you today, the working girls that I know, and I love them too, by the way, but the girls that I know all compete with each other with their designer handbags. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it is just to the point of being ridiculous. It's hard. And it is, it is. And then the other thing is going out to good restaurants. I mean, we're groups of five all the time going out to the, our fine dining restaurants. Mm. Now, it's going to cost 150 at least for the dinner, and the, plus the wines before or the drinkies before, the cocktails, whatever they do, which they mm. all do today. That's, you're looking up to $200 for the night. And then they tell me they do that a couple of nights a week. That's once again, I mean, I, I probably because I grew up when everyone came around to the, I was always the one having the party, but everyone came around to my place and they'd bring a bottle or whatever and, and I'd just throw some things on the table. But we didn't ever go out and spend that amount of money. We didn't spend it on ourselves having to be the best, going to the best of places. They, they, they want everything straight away, yes. which means that they'll have nothing eventually. Yes, They've got to get over that thinking because that leaves you with nothing in your pocket. Do you think that is because, you know, there is just this invincibility that women have at a young age, like you said you had when you were at that point, where you just assume somebody else will take care of it for you, a husband down the track, or, you know, some magic fairy will come along with a wand and go, here's your retirement fund. We just are blinded by the reality that unless we take charge of it, we'll be left with nothing. I don't think I ever thought someone's going to come along and rescue me. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I've blessed my good friends. And right. without them, I, I certainly would not have kept my sense of humour. I had a couple of really old blokes ask me to marry them who died shortly afterwards and they were super rich. Mm. Um, but once again, I just could not do it. You know, it's not who I am. I can't do it. My son every now and then wanted to hit me around the head and say, wake up to yourself, wake up to yourself. But no, no, I had to be honest to me. Carrie-Anne Kennelly is a lovely, dear friend of yours. Yes. Carrie-Anne has been quoted as saying that you are living proof of the fact that we need to take charge of our own finances early on and think about that future. So, you know, was Carrie-Anne right? Absolutely. I hate the fact she's always right. <laughs> but, you know, she's, God bless her, I love her. God, you know, if anyone's done it her way and she's done it the right way, it's Carrie Ann because she was, she's always been financially educated. She's always been aware of pitfalls. She's not afraid to ask the questions. No, not at all. And uh, no, and she and John had a very open marriage and all of that. I think, yeah, it was very, very open that everything was discussed. Um, even he, he, he did, took care of a lot of the finances, but everything was discussed. And uh, when he died, she knew exactly what the situation was going to be. Uh, it, there's no guarantee of anything in life. You've got to keep something there 
what I used to call rainy days growing up, but it's not that. You've got to keep something there for the future. It's so important. And that's why super's important. The young women have it today and they've got to fight to keep it. And I think the idea of, you know, the government paying super with women on maternity leave is a great idea. But I also think that corporations can start getting involved. Instead of just government doing everything on their own, I think we need to go to captains of industry, get them involved and get them to go out there and be part of the crusade. This really is also about getting the message to the women who are at that starting point now. We want to arm them up with the skills, with the confidence and with the knowledge to make sure that this repeat cycle can actually have an end point. And we can set up our daughters to, to really get on top of this and to have a positive situation for their futures, for their retirement. It starts now with their super. That's why we've got this campaign happening. We're absolutely delighted to have your support. Super women. I'm feeling pretty, pretty inspired by this. Your story is just so raw and so real. You are a true inspiration. And anyone who wants to know more about this, getting behind the campaign, the website is really simplemoney.com.au. But Glenmarie, we'll be talking with you throughout the campaign and I am going to have your back. I can't wait. We're going to video this going into those won't be wonderful. Can't you see it? And then I think we should have a competition at the end and one gets a big super bomb. You know how women always get the, you know, the sash and the whole thing. We might just do something fun at the end of yeah. the year and have named one bloke as being the super best or something. Yeah. I absolutely love it. I, I think we're onto something. I can't wait to see how we evolve. And and I really thank you again for sharing your time with us today. You're a superwoman in my book, hands down. Okay, we're crossing back to Genevieve Frost now, a money expert from Insignia Financial, which is formerly known as IOOF. And we're doing our regular spot named after Jen's podcast. I love this title, The Reality Check. Very clever indeed, Jen. You should all take a listen sometime. There's so much great info there. But now, Jen, I know that so many women cope with money differently. And this is something you're really particularly passionate about, being in the finance world, of course. It seems like an obvious question, but why are women still so different to blokes when it comes to our money? Oh, well, Rosie, we could just go to all the cliches, like all we spend money on is shoes and handbags and, you know, we can run a household budget, but we don't know anything else about money. You know, these are, these are all the cliches. I think today you and I, Rosie, can dig a little deeper than that. I think so. Let's, let's get to the actual uh, guts of this one now. So what's the solution? Well, look, I think we've got to look at what really are the biggest challenges that women face when it comes to their financial position. And there is so much to chat about here, Rosie. But let's start, I guess, with the acknowledgement that there is a gender disparity in this country. And and quite simply, it is putting women on the back foot. Because obviously, if we as women are earning less or having significantly more likely to work part-time, work in casual roles. We're far more likely to take significant career breaks, whether that's for maternity leave or in other caring roles. Then kind of the the tough fact is we're going to have to work harder and smarter and we're going to have to find other ways to make our finances really work for us. 
Well, I mean, some people would argue that. I'm I'm still wondering, you know, who's ultimately responsible? Is it up to women to stamp their feet and say, no, we deserve better? Or is it up to employers to, to lead this change and say, look, I'm I'm gonna pay my staff better? Or is, you know, is it up to blokes to say, hey, look, you know, we're not putting up with this either. It's impacting everyone at the end of the day. Or is it up to the government to start changing legislation? There's just there are a lot of questions up in the air. And Rosie, it's every single one of those. And, and I think that's the thing. It's, it is all of us. Every single one of us have a role to play in this. And I think perhaps if we hone it down today for our audience and think about maybe one or two things that we do have in our control as individuals. And I think one of the big things I'd really like to sort of point out, Rosie, is the mental load of women, because there is no doubt that every single solitary woman I know carries a phenomenal mental load, juggling so many different priorities. We are more often than not lead caregivers, and that's not just for children. That is for for other people in our family, our friends, our network. And then adding on top of that, being the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer of the household, staying on top of all these financial aspects in life, when we're already juggling, can just seem phenomenally daunting. So for me, if I was to start with one kind of tangible thing, it's changing our mindset and trying to stop looking at all the financial aspects in our life as, you know, something to hide from or something to ignore or something to automatically feel kind of stressed and anxious about and instead start thinking of it as capacity for freedom, start making it fun, start being a bit silly about it and a bit joyous about it and learn that having control of your financial sort of security and all the financial aspects in your life are actually powerful and wonderful and and it's going to add so much to your life having control of it. Oh, Jen, I have to say we are going to have so much fun on this podcast, honestly. You have just literally put the biggest smile on my face. So much of what you have just said I can really relate to. It was only yesterday I was holding um, a, a coffee cup car keys, mobile phone, you know, sunglasses, kids' shoes, a sausage dog, all in <laughs> one hand while getting out of the car and into the house. And my kids looked at me and they said, Mummy, did you know that women can hold more in one hand than anyone else? And I just thought, there it is. And yes, queens. Yeah, that's it. But then again, you know, whilst I'm proud of how much we are capable of, I don't really think that it should have to be that way. We should have the choice. We should be able to say, you know what, that's too much. Let's reassess how we're juggling our finances and that's how it's going to impact on the rest of our lives, particularly women with with kids. You know, I've been through the maternity leave stage of my career and it has had a massive impact on my super. I can relate to this. So, Let's have a look at at that group of women who really are at the stage where they need to look at their super right now. Women in their 30s, which, you know, you've confessed you're in your 30s, Jen. Love you to bits. Great honesty. I'm in my 40s. But, you know, women in your 30s, you're thinking about having your kids or you've had your kids. You're thinking about buying a property or do we rent? You're facing so many big expenses at this stage of your life. What are some of your really grassroots top tips for these people who are listening? 
Yeah, look, Rosie, I mean, superannuation is one of my greatest, greatest loves. Self-confessed super nerd over here. But I appreciate for all of the cool people listening, that is really not the case. And, and super is just quite frankly not on people's radar. And it is incredibly hard as humans to emotionally connect with something that is a long way away. You know, Rosie, if I think of the financial advice industry, such a significant proportion of Australians who seek advice for the first time come to to advisors in their late 50s. And it's really obvious why, because that's the time where perhaps the kids have left, perhaps debt is lower than it once was. And and suddenly you're able to have the headspace to stop and, and look to the future and think about retirement. Are you kind of saying super is a little bit like Botox? <laughs> I we're not thinking about it until it's there. <laughs> you know, I know it's not sexy thinking about your super, but ladies, you know, yeah, it's yes. going to be a problem down the track. Let me elaborate on the Botox comment. This is what I'm about to tell you is use night cream now so you don't have to use Botox in when you get to the 40s and 50s. This is what I'm saying. You know, ladies, you got to care about this big behemoth, beautiful beast that is super now, like ASAP, so that you don't have to have super Botox when you, you know, later in life. Yeah. And for the record, Botox is a bit of a Band-Aid solution. So, you know, you're right. We want to get this right from the start. Yeah, We don't want to be patching things up down the track when it's too late. So, okay. So I want to know. Give us a practical tip. What's number one? Yeah, number one, in fact, number one, two, three, four, five for me is identifying, acknowledging, embracing the fact that superannuation is your net worth. It is your money. It is yours. And however much money you have, you might go, oh, I'm so broke. I've got no money in my bank account today. Then log into your super fund and have a look at it. And acknowledge the fact that that money is exactly the same as the money in your wallet. It's exactly the same as the money in your bank account, but it's even better because it's working for you and it's growing and it's this beautiful long-term investment. So often, Rosie, people come to say to me, oh, I really want to, I really want an investment portfolio, you know, I really want a share portfolio or perhaps crypto, thanks to old Peter's comment earlier. And the first thing I say is, do you know you are already an investor? You already have an investment portfolio and that's your superannuation. So the first most important thing, Rosie, is to look at it, log in, save it to your phone, get an app or save the website, our IOOF online. You can save as as an icon, one of your apps in your phone. And I look at it every day because it gives me so much joy to see that that, that's what I've worked for and that's that's what I'm working for for my old age. You know, I absolutely love that top tip. That's something I've not been told before, I have to say. And whilst I know that I'll be looking at that little account and and going, yay for me, it's a reminder. It doesn't mean that I can go out and spend it. It means that, like you've said, it's mine. That in itself is pretty powerful. And, And we're saying that to the women who are listening who are married, you know, and and the husband has his super and the wife has her super. How does that come into play with the whole sort of being in a relationship and super? Well, and that's a really challenging thing. And one of the things obviously that in this super women campaign, we're really working towards, there is super balanced disparity between men and women. And and I'll be honest, Rosie, in my own home, you know, I'm a mum to two beautiful little girls. I've taken career breaks and I've taken career breaks to, to have maternity leave for my kids. And I look at that period and think, oh God, you know, it, it was 
two years of having my babies that no super money went into that pot. And as a result, there's naturally going to be more often in the husband in this example's account balance. So it's something that is together you need to be aware of because there's some fantastic things you can do in terms of spousal contributions so that your husband might be able to contribute to your superannuation while you're on mat leave you know, or perhaps if you're able to make some decisions around just contributing little extra bits. I think this is the other one, Rosie. Often people think that it's got to be a lot. There's no point in me doing a superannuation contribution, perhaps salary sacrifice, or just an, an additional little personal contribution if it's only a small amount. What I would say is every little bit counts. If all you've got is an extra $20, why not pop it in your super? It's going to work hard for you and it's locked away. So Rosie, you and I have spoken about temptations and and wanting to spend the money that comes in the door. That's another great joy of super. It's a long-term investment. Future you is going to love the guts out of you for investing in that pool. That's it. So you should almost sit down now and write a letter to your future self. But I love it. You know, if we think about it this way, like you said, it's like you need to start having a relationship with your super account, you know, become yeah. become besties with it. You yeah. know, even if you're in a marriage, maybe you're starting a relationship. Maybe you're having an affair within your marriage with your own super. Oh, or, my you know, God. Gorgeous. You've fallen in love with your super just on the side and it's yours and it's yours only. Doesn't mean you're out of love with your husband and the financial setup of the household, but you really do need to start owning it. And Rosie, there's a couple of big things with that. In, in owning it, you start to make good decisions. So a couple of the really big ones that I'd love our audience to pay some attention to. So where is my super? Where is it? We've got a huge problem in this country with lost superannuation. We've got a huge problem with people who've still got money in the super fund that they invested in when they had a job at Macca's in their teens. They've got another super fund for the first job they went out to in an office or whatever. Multiple superannuation funds means multiple fees. And also it means mentally much harder to stay on top of if you're going to have to log into three different places to check it. So one, where is my money? Two, where is my money invested? So we all know, as I mentioned, start thinking of it as this big, sexy investment portfolio. So how am I investing it? What choice am I making? Am I in a default fund that I'm happy with? Or actually, do I want to take a little bit more risk or do I want to take less risk? You need to be engaged with it. And it doesn't mean that you have to be a financial genius to make these decisions. You can call your superannuation fund and have this chat. We have some wonderful people at MLC, at Insignia Financial who are able to help. And there's plenty of people across the industry. Jump online and actually care about it. Really, really big. The last one, Rosie, just super quickly. What fees are you paying? You know, it can be hard to identify. If you're overwhelmed by this, again, make your super fund do the work. Pick up the phone and, and get them to tell you what, what fees you are paying. Be aware of that. You know, is there something that's more appropriate for your needs out there? And finally is insurance. You've got insurance in superannuation. I don't want you jumping out there and making rash decisions to move your super if there's insurance that you want to hold on to. So four really important things. Where is it? How is it invested? What fees am I paying? And what other little things might I have in my super like insurance that I should be aware of? Four big things. 
Wow, but you've just given me a bit of a brain explosion thinking about all of that. I mean, you were saying let's make super sexy. Even the idea of looking at where your super is and where it's invested, you know, what are some of these funds or investments that that, that your fund is automatically signing you up for? Look, you do have a say in which ones you want to support, which ones you want to see thrive. And and there are some really sexy options out there that are better for the planet, that are better for your daughters in the years to come. You know, it's actually fun to feel empowered and to have a say in that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And, And I think that's the most important thing, Rosie, is that once upon a time, you know, super could be chosen by your employer, for example, like which super fund you're in could be dictated to by your employer or perhaps you know, any of those sorts of factors where it is your choice now. Feel proud and empowered to just own it and love it and and strap on for the ride because you can't spend it tomorrow unless you're 60s. You know, for most of us, this is a long way away. So just love it, embrace it and get involved. Yep. I love it. I do. You know, that rung a bell when you said so many women just don't even know where their super is. You know, I was I was absolutely one of those women um, with you know, so many early day jobs over the years, and and then when I went to consolidate my super, I, I didn't even know where to start. Do you recommend using those um, those companies that do it all for you, or are you better off using this as the stepping stone, the starting process, and familiarizing yourself with your super to go and find it yourself? Which way should people go? With all of these things, Rosie, there's never one answer for every human. But obviously, you can jump online. ATO has fantastic functionality for you to look up your lost super if, in fact, that's what it is. It's lost. I I don't know where my money is. Mm. On the flip side, rustle through the paperwork and sure enough, you're probably going to find some statements. You know, you're going to start to see some names that you recognise. And as soon as you've got that information, then it's about finding everything out from the providers that you're using currently. And it can be really tough to make that decision about what is the right single super fund to use. You've got options. As I said, speak to your provider, come and have a chat to us at Insignia Financial, or you can go and seek financial advice. There's fantastic financial advisors out there who can speak to you individually about your personal circumstances with this. So there's DIY options and there's options that you can go to and speak to the experts. I really love that. I have to say, I always imagined that a self-managed super person, someone that did that with their own fund, I just immediately picture an old dude in a suit sitting behind a desk. It doesn't have to be like that, does it? Oh my gosh, no. Oh, I, I work with so many phenomenal financial advisors and they come in all ages, shapes and sizes. And the thing that the common thread, the thing that joins them together is a true desire to educate, empower and support individuals in terms of making the right financial decisions, which really at the end of the day is just the same passion that I share. It doesn't matter how you get there, ladies, just make a decision that you're proactively going to put yourself into the driver's seat and you're going to own this, whether it's your household finances, your superannuation, your debt position, whatever it is. I think you and I are going to chat about all of it in coming episodes, Rosie, but the power is with you, is is just to take control of it and go for it. 
I, that's it. I'm making super sexy and I'm going to bring it out into the light. It's no longer that big, dark cloud that, that I hide in the back of my shoe closet. I'm, I'm going to get on top of this. You're really inspiring me. I know I've done a bunch of this already, but I've still got so much more to do. And I can't wait to hear all of your tips as we get into this in the coming weeks and right through the rest of our podcast series. So anyone who's listening, don't forget, you can ask Jen your personal questions at reallysimplemoney.com.au. We've got really cool, sexy topics coming up in the next few weeks as well. So what are we talking about next week, for example, Jen? Next week, we will be talking a little bit more about budgeting and savings. And now, I, I honestly, I hate the word budgeting. I think it gives every single human like a little yeah. bit of, and, and I think that's the problem is we think of budgeting as shackles. We think of it as something inhibiting us from having fun. So I want to flip that straight away, guys. Listen to the next episode because instead we're going to turn budgeting into taking the shackles off and making your headspace and your life something that you're able to have fun Go out and do the things you want to do, but making sure when a bill comes in the door that you're not, you know, crumbling in a panicked heap. So it's combining those things. Can't wait, Rosie. Brilliant, brilliant. I can't wait to get onto this. And of course, make sure you can sign up to our newsletter for more great tips and the chance to win a month's worth of groceries. Let's face it, we all need more of that at the start of 2022. And thanks everyone for listening. Send us your support for our campaign and make sure that uh, your super payments during maternity leave are mandatory. Click on the podcast link, support each other in this. We're going to get right through this together. Jen, it's just been an absolute joy chatting with you today. I can't wait to see you again. Thank you so much, Rosie. Thank you, listeners. Can't wait to chat next.